Lord together and worship the Lord together. And, uh, it's, a, it's a blessing. Amen? Amen. Amen. I know that you are a little warm today and it is it's supposed to feel like, they say like 100 degrees outside right now, uh, even with the rain. So uh, I realize that you, your attention span is going to be short. I'm going to try to be short today, but I feel like God's giving me something for us. Um, Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, and I'll let you be seated. It says, For it is God, everybody say, It is God, it is God. which worketh in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. Somebody say, It's God. It's God. And He's working in you. And He is willing and doing whatever you want Him to do. Nope. That's not what it says. It says He is working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. I don't always like it. Sometimes it always doesn't line out with what I had imagined. So I want to talk to you for the next few moments on this very simple subject, God's plans. God's plans. Somebody said you tell, uh, if you want to hear God laugh, tell Him your plans. But I don't want to talk to you about my plans today. I want to talk to you about God's plans. Amen? God's plans. Lord Jesus, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for what You are already doing in this place. I pray, God, that You'd move in a special way in the next few moments and help us, God, before we leave here to have a better understanding of Your plans for us. And God, we give You the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. 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 You can be seated. Thank You for standing and worshiping with us today. It was a small congregation in the foothills of the Great Smoky Mountains and uh, they were building, they had built this new sanctuary on a piece of land that had been willed to them by one of their former church members. And so they get the sanctuary built 10 days before the new church was to be open, to be uh, open for everybody. The local building inspector came in and he informed the pastor that the parking lot was not an adequate size for the building. And he said, you know, we, we can't approve this and until the, the church doubles the size of the parking lot, uh, they're not going to be able to, to have church here. We're not going to give you a uh, clear uh, bill so that you can come in here and operate. And so the church had a very undersized parking lot and they had used every bit of their excess parking. Uh, they had tried to develop all the land and so they built this beautiful uh, sanctuary and this church with this undersized parking lot had all of their land except for the mountain that was right up against the corner of the parking lot where the church stretched out to the new sanctuary. And so in order for them to build more parking spaces or, or expand their parking, they were going to have to move the mountain that was in their backyard. Literally. Undaunted, the pastor announced the next Sunday morning, he said, we're going to meet with all of our members who have mountain-moving faith, and we're going to have a prayer session, and we're going to ask God to remove the mountain from the backyard and somehow to provide us enough money to have it paved and painted before the scheduled opening dedication service a week from Sunday. Ten days out, Sunday we're going to have a prayer meeting, we're going to have some mountain-moving faith, we're going to have a mountain-moving prayer meeting, we're just going to believe God, and we're going to pray. 
At the appointed time, 24 of the congregants uh, of the 300 member uh, (laughs) church, isn't that about right? Came together for prayer. And they prayed for nearly three hours. And at 10 o'clock, the pastor said the final amen, and then he said, we'll open next Sunday as scheduled. (laughs) He said, God has never let us down before, and I believe that He will be faithful to us this time as well. The next morning, he was working in his study, and came a loud knock at the pastor's door, and he said, come on in. There was a rough-looking construction man came in, and he removed his hard hat as he came in, and he said, excuse me, Reverend, I'm from such and such construction company over here in the next county. And he said, we're building a huge shopping mall over there and I need some fill dirt. So I can't help but notice that you got a, a big, you know, wonderful building that you built here. And he said, you got this uh, big mountain back here. He said, uh, would you mind selling us a chunk of that mountain behind your church? He said, we'll pay you for the dirt and we'll remove it and we'll pay all the we'll, we'll pay to have all the exposed area paved for parking free of charge. He said, here's the deal though, we got to have it right away. He said, we, we can't do anything else until we get this filter to fill in where we're, where, where we're building over here, the shopping mall. we got to have it filled in and, and it's got to be able to settle properly. And so, uh, guess what they did that week? They moved a mountain. Amen. Amen. Don't you know that God knew exactly where that church was? Don't you know that God, 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 know, God knew exactly where they were going to be and what was going to be going on in the next county and what they were going to need? Well, guess what? The little church, the little 300 congregation church, dedicated their building the next Sunday as originally planned. And guess what? There were far more members with Mountain Moving Faith that Sunday. On opening Sunday, buddy. They were ready. They showed up. They go, well, hey, we believe God can do it now. Amen. There's a lot of people that they have got to uh, see it before they believe it. And Jesus said, blessed are they who believe it, not having seen it. Faith enables us to understand what what God does and it enables us to see what others cannot see and as a result faith enables us to do what others cannot do. All right. Amen. We have to have faith. We have to allow faith to arise. The scripture says Philippians 2:13 that it is God working in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. God wants to do something in you. Thank you for all maybe 15 of you that said amen. God wants to do something in you. It doesn't matter how long you've been in, in, in the house of God, how, how long you've been saved, or, or, or what you know things have gone on in your life. God wants to work in you. Amen. 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 God wants to do a work in you for His good pleasure. And, I, you know, I have had people say this, and I've kind of repeated this before, but what God does in us is much more important than what God does through us. Amen. You know, a lot of times we get focused on ministry. Well, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. And I, I'd like to get this accomplished. And God's like, I want to do something in you. And the Scripture says God is working in you. Amen. As, as the Holy Ghost begins to work in you, things start to change on the outside. Things start to look differently on the outside. We, we start caring, amen, about the things that God cares about when He's working in us. Amen. In Jeremiah 29, 11, 
It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Do you know that God has a plan for you? Yes. Amen. God has a plan for you. I want you to say that like you kind of believe it. God has a plan for me. Now, if God has plans for me, I want to get in on that. Some of you, you've got plans for somebody. You, you, you've got some thoughts. You've got some things that you're thinking about and things that you're hoping for. And You know, it's amazing to me to think about God has plans for me. God really, He thinks about me. We sing that song, you know, I'm a friend of God. Who, who, who am I that you are mindful of me? That you hear. Who am I that you are thinking of me? Amen. Well, He is thinking of you. He has plans for you. He's got perfect plans for you, for your life, for your future. And guess what? God's plans are not quite as complicated as we make them out to be. Amen. We really do. I mean, we overcomplicate it. And sometimes I think we frustrate ourselves and others by overcomplicating what God has for us. Amen. So today, I want to simplify it. I want to undercomplicate it for you. I don't even know that. That's not a word, but... It works. Let's just it works. oversimplify it. God's plan for your future is not a place. I'm just going to say that. God's plan for your future, it's not a place. Now some people, uh, you know, they're thinking, well, God wants me to move me into this. God wants me to do that. God's, God's plan for your future is not a place. It's a person. I don't know if that... Does that make sense to anybody? He has plans for you. And His plans are that you would be formed in His image. That you would be remade into His likeness. That's what He plans for you. When we first started this church and I began uh, praying about this, my wife, uh, at first she didn't know. She, she thought I was just bored and didn't know what to do with myself. And uh, so she was like, you are seriously a workaholic. You know, uh, you need to get help. That's what she told me. It's, it's true. And, and I was like, honey, I know I just can't, I can't, I don't know why, but I can't get away from it. And a couple days later, she goes, you know what, you're right. This is what God wants. This is, this is what he, he's, he's calling us to do. And we started having uh, some preview services. Then we started holding weekly services here in April of 2013. And, and I will be very transparent that I struggled to understand the plans that God has for this church. For, for almost two years, I made excuses, and I've told some of you this, but I made excuses of why we didn't. I didn't need to start a church in Louisville. I just didn't need to. There are other churches in Louisville. I had family members that attended other churches in Louisville, and there, there was just there was a whole host of other reasons, and and I gave my reasons to God, and gave my reasons to God, and you know, wouldn't you know that what happened was all of my reasons, all of my excuses, finally disappeared. And God urged me again. And I said, but God, we've been over this. You know, I, we can't start this church because... And I, and I started and I was like, oh no. There was, And I, I'm not going to list them all for you, but there were several. 
family members had moved out of town. They were no longer going to church. One of the family members had passed away and they weren't going to the church. And then there's, there was these other things that had to kind of fall in play. They were all in place. And literally, if I if I've felt God urge me with any kind of words, these, these are the words He said, and what's your excuse now? And I was like, God, I don't, I don't need to do this. This is not what I want to do. I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. And, and so I fought this and I fought this. And so things got worse and worse for me. It, it just didn't go like I thought it was going to go. And so finally, I just was like exasperated. I was like, okay, God, whatever. It's your plans. We're just going to do whatever you want to do. Even today, sometimes I scratch my head and I wonder where it's all going to end up. But this is what I have begun to learn. God has plans Amen. for this church. Amen. Amen. God has plans for this church. God has plans for this community. And this is what I and, I... and I may struggle with certain things, but this is what I have figured out. God's plans for this church is that it become a healthy representation of the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what else we go through, what difficulties we might face, or things that might arise. That's God's plan for this church. He wants it to look like the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. And so God's plan for this church is to stretch us. He wants to secure us and He wants to send us. He desires that His church look and act like the body of Christ. And so then our job becomes to make sure that His plans are what we're most concerned about. Sometimes I'm like, hey God, could you just give me a little bit of heads up? You know? Just anytime. You know? I'm, you know, God, I'm waiting on you, right? Not me, because I'm really impatient. So sometimes I'm like, okay, God, all right. I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what you... And he's just like, look, I got this. And I sometimes, I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that. And then I'm like, okay, God, no, wait a second. I feel like I'm worried about the wrong. What are you worried about? What do you want? What, what are you hoping transpires in this? And so our job is to make sure God's plans are what we are most concerned about. So, I, I know, this is easy, right? we got to just worry about what, is, what does God want? What is His plan? What, what is He doing? So with that in mind, let me just talk to you about God's plans for your life and your future. And some of you, you're like, you're like, please, I wish somebody would make it clear to me. Alright, number one, God wants to stretch you. That's His plan. He wants to stretch you. You can take notes if you want. You can tweet that. Do, do you understand God? I don't. I don't. I don't get why some people are blessed and some people things go easily and other people like seem like they fight their whole life and they struggle and things aren't ever the way that they're expected to be. God wants to stretch us. Amen. If you're comfortable, you're probably not going to fulfill God's plan for your life. Requiring uh, or, or uh, submitting to God's plan means that you are okay with being uncomfortable. Right. Well, I guess I'm done. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, you had me till there. No, whenever we are going to accomplish what God has for us, there are times you are going to be uncomfortable. Right. It's because God is stretching you. Do you understand what God's plan is for your life? Now, I can't tell you everything, but I can promise you His will will be uncomfortable at times. That's right. Woohoo! 
<laughs> Come on. Sign me up. <laughs> Everything we go through in life can be an educational stretching experience to see God at work in us. Mm-hmm. Everything you face, every adversity that you have to deal with, you ought to look at it and say, okay, God, what's the bigger picture here? What am I missing? I know there's a, there's a test going on somewhere here, and I want to make sure that I pass it. So give me your perspective on this. But how am I supposed to see God's plan and, and how He's stretching me and some of the things that I'm going through? Let God stretch you. He's going to stretch me different than He stretches you. Sometimes we look over, well, I wish I was getting stretched like Jeremy. I mean, Jeremy's got everything falling in place. Everything's good for him. God, why don't you just stretch me like Jeremy? Because He doesn't want to stretch you like you. He wants to stretch you like you. He, he's got a specific plan. He's got some purpose for you to carry out. And so let Him stretch you. Like Jabez prayed, Oh God, that You would expand my borders. and That You would enlarge my territory. God, that You would make me everything You want me to be. God, stretch me any way You want to stretch me. It may be uncomfortable. It may be painful. But God, stretch me into what You want me to be. Amen. Amen. And the second thing God wants to do, He wants to stretch you, but He also wants to secure you. Mm-hmm. We become secure. Let, let's 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 stop just for a second. What is the opposite of security? Insecurity, right? If you are not secure, somebody says well, they are just not secure about themselves. What are they saying? That person is insecure. Do you know that I am tired? I am wore out. I am just asking God to help me and give me wisdom to deal with insecure Christians. Because here's the problem. Christians are not supposed to be insecure. Right. Right. We, we have all these troubles, we have all these things, and we act a bunch of stupid ways because we're insecure. Right. We treat people ways that they shouldn't be treated, and we don't look like the body of Christ, all because we're insecure, and that's part of our problem. God's plan for you is to be secure. He wants you to know who you are. He wants you to understand His plans for your life. And He wants you to be transformed into His likeness. But whenever we say, no, God, I've got this, I'm fine, I don't need you, uh, then what happens is we start doing things our own way. We, we carry out vengeance ourselves. We, we take care of the things that, that God says, hey, I'll take care of that if you'll let me. No, 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 God, I got this. I don't even want to bother you with it. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. I, I can handle this. Right. No, God, you just you know, leave me alone. I got this. No, He wants you to be secure in Him. Yeah. He wants you to remain in His presence eternally. Yeah. It, it, he doesn't want it to be just a Sunday only fix. Right. Amen. 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 Only by this transformation of being transformed into His likeness are we going to be secure for eternity. Amen. I, I don't I don't know about you, but man, I, I am faced with my inadequacies on a daily basis. I have to look in the mirror and say, dude, what is the deal? Why why can't you just get it together? Only by being transformed and being more like Jesus every day will I ever be secure. In my Christianity. Are you secure in your manhood? Yeah, I'm secure.
secure my man. I'm, I'm good. No, no, no. Some people that act like they are, they aren't. That's right. right. And then some people who act like they're Christians, they're, it's just an act. Right. Nothing's changing. They're not becoming more like Jesus. Right. They're just saying, I'm a Christian. What they mean by I'm a Christian is I go to church and pay tithes. That might be a little too straightforward. So if we are just going to church and we're giving money and we're doing our own thing and we're pushing our own plans and we're pushing our own agenda, guess what we miss? We miss the security of becoming who He intends us to be. It's only when we start to wake up every day and say, God, what do you want me to be today? Where do you want me to go? Who do you want me to talk to? God, what is it that you have for my life today? We get into His Word and we say, God, speak to me today. Only through that can we become secure because we are becoming more like Him. You have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear. When you are following God's plan for your life, He's my shepherd. He goes before me. He's dependent. Come on. There's something that takes place whenever our security is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. Whenever everything, every emotion, every feeling, every worry, every concern, we take it to Jesus and we become what He wants us to be. We start looking like Him every day of our life. You've got nothing to fear because God's got a plan and He wants to secure you. More than just keeping you happy, He wants to make sure that you are secure. Amen. You ever notice you can pick somebody out real quick when they're insecure? They're always trying to make up the difference. And some, most of the time they just overdo it, right? You know, you start talking about how somebody can... You know, somebody... Oh, did you see how they, they hit that ball? You know, somebody that's insecure sitting over here. Hey, did you see? I can hit a ball too. Yeah, watch me hit a ball. Right? And somebody that says, you know, uh, you know, I've really been dealing with some things in my life, and and uh, I, I just I'm, I'm trying to let God lead me on these things, and and then you know, Mr. Insecure over here says, Oh, hey, I got the answer for you. You know, I went through that once, and I'm just telling you, blah blah blah. And they start just. You know, you know what secure people can do? Secure people can be real with you. They can say, I don't have it all together. And believe it or not, when you become secure in Christ, you don't have any problem with confessing your faults one to another because we all have faults. We all have problems. We all have issues. And so I've learned that God is doing something in me. And, and, and it may not be complete. It may not be finished. But what He is doing in me is so important that I, I've got to become more like Him. And so if I notice things in my life that aren't, aren't like Him, then I, I've got to change these things. And as I change those things, I'm less insecure. I'm more at peace knowing I'm in God's plan for my life. It's when I'm living in sin and I'm doing my own things and I'm, you know, just trying to look like I'm saved that I become insecure. I told you a little bit ago, I am tired of insecure Christians. I hope 
more than anything in this church that I can encourage you to become mature Christians. I hope that I can encourage you to become secure in your Christianity. Become secure in the God who loves you enough to help you and to make you. Uh, sanctification is all about the Holy Ghost working in us to make us more like Jesus. And if you're letting the Holy Ghost work in you, there are certain things your pastor's not going to have to tell you. Stop doing that. You're going to know. And as you stop doing it, and as you start doing the things that the Holy Ghost leads you to do, you're going to find that security. God wants to secure you. He wants, amen, to secure you and give you the peace that you have desired in your life. He wants to stretch you. And He wants to secure you. But He also wants to send you. I told you about us starting this church. It's not always easy to be sent. The experience that God wants you to have is a personal experience with Him, not a corporate one. Not just, well, everybody's feeling the presence of God. He wants you to have a personal experience with Him. An experience that you can come into the house and you say, you know what, if everybody else in here is not going to worship, I'm going to worship today. Yes. If everybody else in here is having a bad day and they don't love God anymore, I don't care, I'm going to still love God. Amen. I don't need anybody texting me, calling me, Facebook messaging me, and telling me, come to church, do this, do that. I'm, I'm self-motivated. Amen. I want God to do something great in my life. I want to be useful in His kingdom. I want God to be able to send me. Because part of the plan that God has for you is sending you. It's not enough to just experience God here at church. He wants to give you experience after experience after experience. Have you talk, ever talked to somebody outside of the church and just the Holy Ghost just, whoo, just came in there and you started to get goosebumps and you were like, ooh, what's going on here? You know what I'm talking about? That's what God wants to bring into your life every day. Amen. And sometimes we think of sending and we think, i got to go to Africa. No, I'm just saying, God wants to send you. He wants you to not just have experiences here at the house of God or at the church building. He wants you to have experiences everywhere you go. He wants you to truly become free. Now, some of you, i got to qualify that. You're looking at me funny. For many of the first years of my ministry, I lived really, really, really overly concerned about what people thought about me. Man, if somebody was upset with me, oh, it would, I'd toss and turn. I'd try to get things figured out. I, I, I'd see, is there any solution? What can I do? And I, I'd stress about it. But one day God set me free. Now I'm not perfect. There, I still have times where I worry too much about what people think. But, but God wants to set you free of what you are afraid of. And sometimes what you're afraid of is what people think about you. He wants to set you free. Some of you need that security, but you, you need to be set free. And the only way that you can truly live is if you're not overly worried about what people think about you. Amen. That's right. Stop living on that lower level of life. Where you're always pleasing your flesh. You're always making your own plans. That never works out the way that you think it will. Uh-huh. And He wants to set you free from, uh, I gotta, well, if I don't do this, this person's not going to be happy. And if I change this, then that person's not going to be happy. And 
you know what? I have decided I want my life to please God. Amen. I want my life to please God. I may not do everything just like you think that I should, but I want to please God. If God is happy with me, that's all that's going to matter in eternity. Right. Amen? And God's plans for you involve living on a higher level. We have to live on a higher level if He's going to be able to send us. Because if you are constantly, like every week, you've got to pray through on Sunday. That's not living on a higher level. That's living on a lower level. And if you're praying through every Sunday, you, how, how can you be used through the week? Now, I'm not trying to... Look, I'm, I know who I'm talking to. I'm not trying to be mean. But God wants to accomplish some things in your life. And if you're always spiritually low when you come back to church, it's going to be hard for Him to accomplish those things in your life. Amen. Do you want to see what God has planned for you? Then you've got to follow the directions you already have. Amen. If He's already told you something, why aren't you doing it? If He's already spoken something, some people say, well, I know God's probably upset with me because He dealt with me about doing this and I just haven't changed. He's probably not upset, but He's just waiting on you. You're wondering where the peace and the joy and the happiness and, and all that success in living for God comes in. It's simple obedience to what He's already told you to do. Why would He send you to do anything great? Why would He send you to do anything big if you can't already do what He has uh, given to you to do or told you to do. God's plans involve you being sent. God didn't plan for you just to soak it all in. To go out into the world and it just to leak out a little bit here and there. Come back in the next week. Try to soak in some more from whatever leaked out. Go back out. You know what happens when a sponge never gets wrung out? It gets nasty. It stinks. I mean, it's not good for anything. It doesn't smell good. It doesn't look good. It won't clean anything. Are you with me? That's what Christians look like that never get wrung out. He said, I want to send you. I, I want you to be witnesses to me. Everywhere you go, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part. I want you to be witnesses to me at Walmart and, 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 and Kroger and Target and, and everywhere. I want you to be witnesses of me. That's His plan for you to be sent. The devil wants to stop you. The devil wants to hinder you. He wants to distract you and he wants to destroy you. But God says, I've got a plan for you. This plan involves stretching, securing, and sending, but I've got a plan for you. So don't be paralyzed by fear. Don't be paralyzed by worry. And as I close today and as you stand with me, God's plan for you is going to require you to move. Everybody say, you've got to move. Pastor, I don't want to move. <laughs> I'm happy right where I am. No, you're comfortable right where you are. And sometimes God has to... He's got to shake things up a little bit. He's got to stir things up a little bit because we are... I am, let me just say, I am a creature of comfort and habit and I like things the way that I like them. One of the best reasons you should go on a missions trip is because things are not going to be like you like them to be. Amen. You go on a mission trip, you're going to have to try to learn to speak something different. You're going to eat things that you've never eaten before. You're going to go places. You're going to have to be with some people. And it just it throws you out of your comfort zone. It's one of the greatest reasons why you go. But anyways, it's just a little side commercial. 
I will say that God requires us to move. Whatever comfort zone you find yourself in, God wants to move you out of. Maybe, maybe you haven't been fasting for a while and God says it's, it's time to break off some of those, those things of the flesh. And, and you find out, you're like, you know, I'm pretty spiritual. Okay, fast this week. <laughs> those first three or four hours of fasting, you'll find out just how spiritual you really are. Amen. I mean, if your body's like, hey, this is wonderful. I love this. Let's do this all day. Maybe you are spiritual. But if your body's like, hello, <laughs> I need food, and you start getting a headache because you don't have any caffeine that day, you aren't drinking your coffee, and, all, and you say, what is going on? You find out how much your flesh has control. But when you fast, you begin to break some of these things off. And, and I, I think that God wants to mobilize you. He wants to move you into the plan that He has for you, into the future that He has planned for you. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. I know what they are. And, and we, you know, we can make a big deal out of this. But it's very simple. He wants to remake you in His image. That's His plan. Amen. There may be some cool things that happen along the way. You may pastor a church of a thousand people. You may sing for general conference or because of the times or you may, you know, whatever. God may use you to breathe on people and a hundred people fall down healed, right? I mean, that may be what happens. I hope it is. I hope that's how God uses you. But that's not really even the important part. Because there's a lot of people that they do all those things, but they never really look like Jesus. So what's really important to me is that this church, I don't care what you accomplish, this church, I want us to look like Jesus. Amen. When people see us, I want them to say, man, those people are a true representation of what Jesus is on this earth. Amen. You there yet? I'm not. Got it all figured out, everything smooth and no, not even this guy right here. But guess what? He has a plan for me. He has a plan for me. I'm not near where I should be, but man, thank God I'm not where I used to be. I thank God. Amen. He's bringing me along. He's helping me every day. So as we bow our heads and close our eyes, I want to pray today and open up this altar. If you're here today, I want you just to respond. If you know God has a plan, if you maybe you're in the uncomfortable place of being stretched, maybe God's trying to secure you, or maybe He's been pushing you and kind of trying to send you and use you for His glory, I want you to surrender to Him today and let Him, whatever it is, if He's stretching you, if He's securing you, if He is sending you, let Him do it. God, in this place, You've got plans for each and every one that's here. You know the thoughts that You think toward them. And God, I pray that You would allow Your plans plans for them to be made manifest in their life. God, that they would understand that You want them to be more like You. And God, wherever we don't measure up, wherever we're falling short, that You would help us, God, to stretch the Lord Jesus, to be who You want us to be. God, that we would allow You to do the work through the Holy Ghost in our lives and allow Your, your will to be accomplished through us. And God, we will give You the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you haven't repented of your sins, 
Amen. Start today. Turn your life over to God and repent of your sins. If you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we will baptize you today and all of your sins can be washed away, never to be remembered against you. And God wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. This altar is open. If you want to surrender to God, today is your day. Jesus.